Hillary Clinton tweeted the other day, it's pretty simple. Get vaccinated, get your life back. Unavailable for comment, Jeffrey Epstein. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless. Democrats are set to take control of the U.S. Senate, House, and the White House. This will go down as one of the most progressive administrations in American history. God willing, everything is on the table. You now can pass things without a filibuster threat. That's right. Oh, you'll regret this? And you may regret it a lot sooner than you think. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Well, good Wednesday, a special Wednesday episode of the Variety Program. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? Great show. And I, I think our lawyers would want us to say uh, that opening joke in no way insinuates Hillary Clinton is... Involved in, had knowledge of any murder involving Jeffrey Epstein. Other than parody, that, parody, parody, parody. Yeah, this is, this is a parody. Uh, we got a banger of an episode yet again. Uh, like we told you guys yesterday, this is going to be a triple header week. We had we had three interviews, so we're bringing you three episodes of Ruthless. And uh, I guess this is the meat of the sandwich, this episode. It's going to be a good one. It's a good one. We've got Steve Scalise, the number two House Republican leading the charge with Kevin McCarthy to a new majority, uh, God willing, in 2022. He's with us today. Great interview. I'll tell you the other thing that we've got going on on the Variety program. We have quickly become the destination for 2024 hopefuls. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I saw, uh, yet again, a lot of news coverage for Ruthless. Ruthless breaking news. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out Chris Christie made a fair amount of news on the program yesterday and we were grateful for it a great interview but you know we've had like four or five now potential aspirants as they call them Mm -hmm. uh on the program test driving some stuff here we like it we encourage it we've got a couple more that are in the queue being scheduled so you know i guess this is this is the first stop in the primary calendar so we've had we've had cotton cruz pompeo tim scott and and now Christy. Yeah. And well, and, and, and one of those other guests may also find themselves in it too. Those are just the ones that we know are like shortlisting it. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be the ruthless primary folks. This is the first stop. This comes before New Hampshire. This comes before Iowa. The primary for 2024 begins on ruthless and uh, we're loving our listener numbers. Keep going up. We appreciate it so much, folks. Keep telling your friends. Uh, I, I was, I was hanging out this past weekend uh, at a barbecue with some friends from all over the country. Uh, one buddy in particular flew in from Arizona and said, everyone in their office listens to Ruthless, which is <laughs> wild. Hell yeah. We, we love our listeners coast to coast. So uh, Michael does not want me to talk about this. In fact, he urged me not to talk about it. But oh, here we go. But the reality is we have heard your pleas. We have taken it under advisement and we have begun the process of creating merch for ruthless boom (laughs) and i've already seen it and it looks amazing so so here's the thing he doesn't want me to mention this because he's very particular about the merch i'm an artiste i'm an artiste okay i want it to be perfect the last thing i want to do is put merch up for sale and it comes to one of our fans and it's poor quality, you know? So we're going to do some quality control here at the front end. We ordered samples. We're going to go through all that and make sure that when we put something out there with our name on it, it's, it's good. I mean, look, I think, so the reason why I didn't so want to awesome. bring it, it up. So awesome. Look, the reason why I didn't want to bring it up. keeping it from us, Duncan. Well, I just, I'm just saying, we can't promise it extremely soon but soon which is why i didn't want to bring it up get on it dunks the people demand it i mean i'm on it he's the joe dimaggio of podcasting he wanted to bring top effort every time just in case it's the first time you hear him right so i mean it looks it looks rad i can't wait for that um what else what what do we got to get into i think we got a lot of uh information that the folks need to hear about yeah starting with yeah we mentioned yesterday the cuomo book which was an absolute nightmare. But now we've found out how much this guy gets paid for this outfit. And it turns out he's got what? 
five million bucks, 45,000 copies of this thing were sold. Uh, about 111 bucks per book. Imagine that. <laughs> what a life, right? I don't understand the economics of these books. Like, what are they? Well, that's the thing. For? It's it, it, it's not a business, right? It, it's it's about the media has their message. They got him and his brother playing with a Q-tip while he's just like killing seniors with his policy of putting COVID-positive people in senior centers, the population most at risk from from uh, death by COVID. And all the while he's doing this, oh, CNN has him. It's it's the Cuomo Brothers Variety Hour. It's uh. You know, all the libs are saying, wow, I wish I wish Cuomo was president. Look at this guy. This is leadership. This is what leadership looks like. And meanwhile, this guy's got his money. He got his five mil. They even said what? He put like a half mil or a mil in his daughter's uh, trust, yeah, no, trust, trust fund. fund. A trust yeah. fund. Yeah, that's how it works, folks. That's how it works. It's incredible. It's, fu- it's funny that you mentioned the economics of it, Duncan. I've thought about that a lot, right? I mean, they get these big bonuses and then they don't sell any books, really. And like, how does it work? I think Smuggy might be right. I mean, it might just be like they feel the need to make an investment behind either candidate or or something. Because I mean, look, they're not selling one hundred and eleven dollar books. I mean, I think it's like like, what? Why does CNN have Chris Cuomo? Why does CNN even have Chris Cuomo on the air? Right. Right. You think he's a talent? No. Everyone knows he's a moron. He's not a talent. He doesn't. If if he was not, if he didn't have his last name, he would not have a show on TV. That's why he's on there. Right. And that's what that's the same thing that this is. This is this is just, you know, it's it's a little pay scheme that the left has. They got a message they needed to push. They they pushed the message that like, oh, Ron, Ron Death Santis, wow, he's cooking the books. Florida's numbers are crushing New York's. They did an amazing job. Ronnie D crushed it in Florida, but it was the media's job to make sure that all the Republican governors who did a solid job were 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 slandered. And meanwhile, you've got a cover-up essentially and a, and a payout for Andrew Cuomo, $5 million, $5 million. Incredible. I want to do some more homework on this because I feel like I feel like there's more to be seen with all the various cancellations of, of conservative books and then payouts like this. Anyway, we can move on. Uh, you know, look, it'd be impossible. We covered this yesterday too, but it's, it's gotten even worse. Uh, Democrats are just full-on anti-Israel right now, just full-on. In, in various capacities, right? Some more aggressive than others. The House Foreign Affairs Committee Chair, uh, Gregory Meeks, sent a letter to the Biden administration or is in the process of sending a letter uh, requesting the delay of $735 million worth of uh, military equipment to Israel right now, right now. Delay it right now. I mean, of all the times, of all the times, they're, they're trying to play politics when... You've got a country that has rockets indiscriminately being shot at it. And they're like, I mean, nope. I just don't get it, man. I really don't get it. I don't understand how this... Has this been a gradual thing that's happened to the Democratic Party? It seems like it's been pretty abrupt. Yeah, well, that's how they work. You know, It seems like all, all, their, all their agenda, their left-wing, commie, Marxist, CRT garbage is... It's it, it, it's kind of like how you fall asleep. It's like slowly and then all at once, right? Where originally you heard this kind of like anti-Israel stuff only coming from like these wacko professors with their, what was that thing called? Where it was just like a uh, uh, boycott, uh, dis, like a uh, disin, disinvest. The yeah, divestment. Yeah. 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 So, so you heard about that a couple of years ago and now you see it's full on taking hold of the left. Yeah. Yeah. It's full on taking hold. And, but like the brain worms here are just outstanding. I mean, I saw an analysis piece in the post. I don't know if you guys saw this, where it was basically saying that Iron Dome, uh, although very effective in saving lives for Israel, is, is basically the reason why there is no peace talks. Did you guys see that? Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, the, the, the exact headline was Israel's Iron Dome defense system protects Israeli lives. It also perpetuates the Israel-Gaza conflict. Yeah. I mean, are you so kidding me? In, in, their, in their minds, you know, the only way you get to a peace process in the Middle East is if there's more dead Jews in Israel. It's an insane take. Insane, insane take. And it's in the Washington Post. They're like, listen, folks, not enough Israelis are dying. You know, we got a problem. They, they, they've got a defense system so that 
these rockets, again, indiscriminately, these are unguided rockets being shot, you know, into Israel by Hamas, a terror organization. Folks, we wish those would have hit their targets. That's the Washington Post. Take. I mean, but it's quite literally, it's not even us taking liberties with it. I mean, that's that's quite literally what they're saying. Yeah. They're like, we wish the the terrorist rockets would be able to hit civilians. Unfortunately, Israel has a defense system. It's yeah, unfortunately, unreal. Unfortunately, they're protecting themselves. Unreal. Oh, my God. Well, listen, I could talk for an hour about Israel, um, but I want to get to Hollywood hen because I feel like we have neglected a couple of good stories here. Uh, there's a lot happening in the world of Hollywood. Hollywood mm-hmm. hen, what do you got for us today? Well, the first story that I've got for you guys um, is a little bit bizarre. Apparently, um, six strands of Kurt Cobain's hair sold at an auction earlier this or this past weekend for over fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> six. Weird. So that fourteen thousand dollars over fourteen thousand dollars gives you six hair strands in a plastic bag and a picture of Kurt Cobain with the person who cut his hair. That wait, is okay, weird. Wait, wait, wait. I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many questions. Was this hair, this hair was so it was taken before he killed himself? Yeah. So, cause I, oh I had, I, I had, I had questions as well about where this hair came from. So the history of the hair, um, in 1989, Kurt got a haircut while Nirvana was on um, on tour. It was the Bleach tour. Mm. And he got a trim from one of his friends. And um, she saved it. What the hell? <laughs> she kept the locks in a bag. And then she gave it to a Seattle artist after Kurt's death. And then that artist passed it along to someone who has a Guinness World Record for largest collection of historic hair. No. And he put it on up for auction. <laughs> no. <laughs> now and then it sold for over fourteen thousand dollars. You guys were so fucked. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I I obviously love Kurt Cobain, but it just we seems live like in a, a society lot. where people collect human hair and sell it for thousands of dollars. Historic human hair. I don't know who else qualifies for that, but. <laughs> you know, I- so I had a, a, a somewhat related experience, not with the hair, but I was at the bar and this like boomer rolled in wearing a Nirvana shirt. And I was like a boomer in a Nirvana shirt. Then it hit me. Cobain died like 26 years ago. Yeah. 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 Boomer and Nirvana is. Which compatible. is nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, anyway, if you, I mean, I, here's the other thing. There's p- perverse incentives there for psychos out there to cut, start cutting celebrity <laughs> and, so and saving it and preserving it. I think we should, are. I think we should drug test the hair. I just want to know what, what was flying around there. It's like a real time capsule. Or, or can they Jurassic Park this? Like, can Elon bring back Kurt? You know, okay. let's get into the Nirvana album. Yes. That would be something. Dave Grohl still got it. You know, we could get a, we can, we can get an album. I love it. Um, so that's the first little story. The second story, which has really taken Hollywood by storm is, um, the dust up with Christy, Chrissy Teigen. I don't know if you guys have been following this, but Chrissy Teigen, one of the biggest Twitter trolls, um, out there really has, has spewed some serious backlash now because, um, Courtney Stodden, like announced to the world that Chrissy Teigen came and, and used to bully her back in the day. Um, both privately and publicly, I, I believe. But I mean, it was very serious bullying, telling her she should take a dirt nap and things like, I can't wait for you to die. My and God. like, what? I mean, Who? yeah, just like way over the top. Who's and so, Courtney, who's Courtney Stodden? This is a great question. She, uh, actually, um, she's, I, I, I say she, but I think she came out as non-binary. So I think I should refer to her as they unclear a little bit um i don't even know what she's famous for other than i think people that she dated in the past oh but she I mean, was so that's like hollywood at this point really she was i don't i don't I, the minions or someone can let us know on twitter if they know more about courtney stodden than i do um but i think the crux of the story is she just outed chrissy as this bully and chrissy you know did this lengthy apology on twitter how 
you know, she's oh. glad she can she can be held accountable and oh, yeah. all oh, this that's stuff. The best. But it was too little, too late because of the seriousness of what she told Courtney um, and how just straight mean it was. So her cookware line has now been pulled from Macy's. <laughs> you imagine? Wait, hold on. I think, dude. Again, we are so fucked. Everything, almost everything that Hollywood Hen brings up, I think to myself, would a functioning society be dealing with something like this? Right. Right. And, and like, I think to myself, okay, you're sitting around at the cookware manufacturer, whatever the hell the cookware thing is. And you're like, Oh no, Oh no. Our, our spokesperson's been bullying someone. They'll never buy our cookware. Let's get rid of her. Right. It's like, <laughs> and just is- like that. So I have, yeah. I have, I have a nuanced, more nuanced take on this. Uh, I, so number one, I think women are just like, so this is what's wild. Women are just so mean to each other. Like, I bet they, like, even among their friends, they'll DM them if they're mad, like, kill yourself. They're just, like, the oh meanest people ever. <laughs> because, like, you know, men, if, 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 you're, if you're that mad at a buddy, you're going to slug it out. And then at the end, you know, you're going to grab drinks and think it was funny. You got black guys. Women, they just, like, are incredibly, like, mean to each other. So I can see, like, you but know. don't you think it's, don't you think it's, like, why would she pick Courtney Stodden? Because, I mean. Imagine so the I, mind I, I, of, like it, it's bizarre. to fathom the mind of, of 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 this broad. But I looked up I looked up this Courtney Stodd, and I guess she she was first really famous when she was 16 years old, and got a lot of attention when she married a uh, 51 year old actor Doug Hutchinson. That's Wait, she what married, it was. married at 16. That's, I knew it had something to do with who she was dating. Or Holmes is or right. Something. This is de- this is yet another downfall of society story. This is American me. decay. I'm telling you, everything that you hear from these people, it's like, would a functioning society be dealing with this? No. So, so that's my take is, you know, I think, I think, I think sure women are mean to each other, but I fully support Chrissy Teigen getting canceled, ruined, destroyed, have her like pots and pans no longer sold in stores. She's always been out. It's like, here's the thing is Twitter is truly a land of wolves. If you're on Twitter, you have to accept it's kind of like uh, it, it's like Nam. You know, you get dropped in the jungle in Nam. You have to accept I'm already dead, right? Every day going forward is just a battle. And that's what Twitter is essentially at this point. And Chrissy Teigen is on there. She she goes after people constantly. I was going to say conservatives. That. Yes. Especially conservatives. And well, she's, so, she's, she's been a part of trying to cancel other people before. Oh, so yeah. it's, you reap oh, what yeah. you sow on that. This uh, is what you get. This and, is what she, you get. and she like. She like quit Twitter like two months ago. As I yes. came right back, and, and came, came like, right back. They always come back. It's too they always toxic. come back. It's like Hotel California, man. No one really leaves Twitter. That's no right. one ever quits. I will uh, say there's there's one other piece to this story is because I think um, their son's birthday was either was earlier this week, and John Legend, her husband, um, you know, posted like a, a birthday post for her son, and all the comments were like, <laughs> were like. Why haven't you spoken up against Chrissy's Chrissy's bullying? Wow. Like you can't ignore it. You're just as complicit. Dang. And his comments just blew up because he's hasn't come out and said anything against his own wife. Man, that's <laughs> tough for that guy. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, honestly, I feel for John Legend. He's he is an incredibly talented and smart guy. He's like an Ivy League grad. He, I mean, he can play the piano and sing, sing, sing like hell. And then he has to deal with with this. Like Wait, she, Chrissy Teigen essentially lives to cause trouble. I know. But again, I'll bring it back to my baseline. If you were living in a functional society, would you ask a husband to condemn the words of his wife? (laughs) No, you would not. No, No, you would not. (laughs) You know all kinds of trouble that would bring. (laughs) But yeah, I fully support the canceling of Chrissy Teigen. I think we should just make them hurt the way they've been going after us. (laughs) Bravo to whoever this uh, person is. I just wish they wouldn't get married under 18. Good guy. And on that note, we can go to the next. We can go yeah, to the next. Story. Um, the last story for those who care, Ariana Grande got married um, this past weekend. She tied the knot in a very intimate kind of secret ceremony um, at her home in Montecito. There were less than 20 guests and it was basically just family members. Um, she married Dalton Gomez, who I believe is in real estate. Um And so she is officially off the market, everyone. Um, This comes a couple years after she was previously engaged to Pete Davidson, but um, fell apart. So now she is a newlywed. Let's go. I don't know about this new guy. I don't particularly care about Ariana Grande either. 
Pete Davidson fascinates me. Shout out Pete Davidson. This dude, every like two months, you will read either a page six or some kind of like a gossip rag that associates him with like the best looking women on the planet. He he, he 100% sold his soul to the devil. I do not know. I've got to be honest. As a girl, like I don't know how I don't know how he does it. Okay, I so really so don't. that's confirmation because I was like, he's not a looker. Uh, the guy's covered in tattoos. I mean, you can do everyone. Feel free to do whatever you want. I'm a very you know, clean cut, no tattoo kind of guy. He's covered in tattoos. Always looks like he just like rolled out of bed. Absolute mess. But but the women he dates are just like otherworldly. I, I, I can't tell if he's just. Like if his humor is, if he's that funny that it makes up for stuff or if girl, if this is just a serious rescue mission by girls who date him and they think they'll be the one, the one to rescue him or change him or something like that. You gotta be, the, 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 I'm funny with a personality and I just, I just need someone who can change me. That's the best (laughs) game to play. But it's worked. It's worked for him. But the range is really exceptional. I mean, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this, do yourself some Googling of Pete Davidson. Yeah. He's got, he's taken out everybody from Kate Beckinsale to like Cindy That's Crawford's the one. daughter. And yeah, every- Kaya Gerber, Cindy Crawford's daughter. I mean, a- everyone in between. So like you've got, sure, Kate Beckinsale, she could definitely be I mean, susceptible to wow. like the, the project kind of guy, right? She's like older. She's absolutely stunningly beautiful. She's in flames for like three decades at this I point. I know it. I know it, but like her whole thing could be like, ah, you know, this guy needs, needs to be set back on track. I get it. But like Cindy Crawford's daughter, is she looking for a project? I don't know, man. They are. They always are. You think? I'm a huge fan of Pete Davidson. That has to be his game. You got to have some humor. Doesn't matter how you look. I mean, he probably has a little bit of money. He's probably not the wisest with it. Just, just my guess. But like, oh man, you got to play the whole, if only, you know, I find someone nice who could save me. That's the angle. And shout out, Pete. No one, I don't think anyone has played that card to the extent this guy. Uh, so Ariana Grande, Cindy Crawford's daughter. Oh, no, and- dude, you can't, don't begin to try to list. The, the list is like 50 deep. There's not, you're better off going through like the Time Magazine or the People Magazine's hottest people and then going backwards the other way. Like who right? has me? That's what, he probably just buys that issue and he's like, who's next? You know, I have to say, I have to say, I think if if I remember correctly, I think he broke up or Cindy Crawford's daughter that ended up ending because I think Cindy Crawford intervened and was like, this Amazing. is not the path that I want you to go down. And also, I think this is kind of ruining your career. I mean, that's a, that's the wisdom with with years, right? Like uh, Cindy Crawford's husband, he's like uh, in finance or developer or something like that, right? Uh, Gerber. Yeah. Gerber. Sure. So, business, business. Yeah, yes. exactly. And I think he, I think he owns tequila. Doesn't he own the, the tequila brand Casamigos with George Clooney? There you go. I think so, they're in business together. Yeah. She's like, come on, you, you know, SNL comedian with problems. You got to get yourself a business. But it reinforces your point though, Smug, that like chicks love a bad boy. You know, they yeah. love, you know, it's true. Shut up. Which, but I like, I think he's like, I think he also might be kind of a good guy. Like I, like I remember when, uh, Ariana Grande, you know, broke up with Pete and then like she went right to like Vogue magazine and like aired all their dirty laundry. Right. Yeah. Like, and quite frankly, it was very inappropriate. And if, if a guy had done the same thing about a girl, cause she got very specific about them, some things. Yeah. Oh yeah. I she mean, said he was good in the rack and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, if a guy had said that they would have been hammered, but a, it's okay. And that, for a girl. That was kind of, I, I, so. I remember that was kind of Pete's point was like, can you imagine if I did that? And like, went to barstool sports and was like yeah this is what it was like hooking up with ariana grande like oh, he would man. be canceled in a second yeah. i mean do you think he was upset about ariana grande telling the world he's getting the no, rapper no, well no. so he talks about this he talks about this on his um stand-up uh that was on netflix i don't even know when several months ago but he was just like I feel like she kind of screwed me because now these girls come in with certain expectations. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Dude, the bar too high. What a king. So you can tell he does probably have a very charming personality and funny, but I still don't. I, I, I'm still not sold on the thing overall. Oh, he's a king. He's, he's 
perfectly fit for ruthless if he didn't abhor our politics i'm sure he would fit in great here right we should honestly hollywood hen you should reach out i'll reach out i'll reach out this is not gonna be like an ambush episode this is gonna be truly like so 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 tell us you sold your soul right see (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll have that be my next ask (laughs) all right hollywood hen thank you for your time we love it see ya all right. So guys, we've all noticed uh, over the last, oh gosh, this has been like 10 plus years. It's probably been forever, but certainly since I've been paying close attention to it, that whenever a Democrat does something bad, right, whether it's in government, whether it's just politics, what have you, anytime there is a fundamental problem with Democrats, the media can't write Democrats have a problem, right? They're, they're physically incapable of writing that Democrats had screwed up somehow. Instead, it's Republicans pounce, right? That's what it is. Republicans pounce, Republicans seize, Republicans are highlighting, like something- Right, right, right. the point point being that the story is never the story. Republican reaction to the story is the story. It's always framed that way. It's insane. That's right, and from a comms perspective, it makes all the sense in the world because it, 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 brings down the heat on the actual story and ramps up the attention on the process behind the story, right? So thereby it minimizes the impact of the negativity overall, but it's done very intentionally and it's almost done, I I, I would say daily, don't you guys think? This card is so tired. It's so tired and they play it so much. So it happened this week, one that really caught my eye in part because of our guest today and Steve Scalise, You may have followed the issue where the FBI initially designated the shooting in which Steve Scalise was shot on the baseball field Mm. as a, they designated it as a quote, case of the attacker seeking suicide by cop, right? Which is completely ridiculous. That's not exact. That's not at all what was happening there. But Brad Wenstrup, a congressman who was on the field at the time, uh, called Ray up to absolutely read him the riot act about this whole thing. So how is this reported? After Brad Renstrup complains, FBI changes designation to this shooting as a domestic violent extremism. Unbelievable. That that is unbelievable. They were mad. So uh, this, this situation and it's very, it's it's so germane that we have uh, Rep Scalise on to talk, you know, I guess he'll go into detail on this, but it's infuriating the way the media tries to make this disappear. There was a Bernie supporter who opened fire on a field full of Republicans with the intent to kill them, elected officials, members of Congress, and would have if it weren't for the heroic actions of, you know, some police we had out there. Rand Paul personally was out there. He's a, you know, he's an actual doctor, you know, all respect to Jill Biden. He's an actual doctor was out there saving lives. The media has done everything they can to hide the fact that a burning supporter tried to kill Republican leadership, like in it, literally like he specifically, uh, this is serious. He specifically asked before he went to the field and opened fire. Hey, are those Democrats or are they Republicans? Right. Right. So what I don't understand how we could be confused what his motivation was when he opened fire on all of them. Well, it, and just to like bring it back to what we're talking about with the pouncing, I mean, clearly the FBI made a terrible mistake, right? They just completely misclassified what happened. But instead of saying FBI makes a mistake or FBI changes designation, it's like Republicans pounce designations changed the people who actually got shot it's like like uh, ultimate victim blaming this might be a very controversial or unpopular opinion uh i don't think it went far enough sure this is domestic violent extremism but but this man opened fire and attempted to murder congressional leadership i mean what's insurrection if not that this was insurrection that's i mean listen with all the overheated re- rhetoric that we have dealt with over the last four or five months, this is a memory hole mm-hmm. amongst the media and yeah. the liberal elite that is truly astounding. I mean, we're just straight up pretending like none of this happened. And I'll be honest with you, like it's tough. 
you could tell in our interview with Steve Scalise, it's tough for him because he's not, he doesn't want to be defined by an event like that. You know, his career is about much more than getting shot. Always Mm -hmm. has been, always will be. And his leadership is, is proof of that, but you can't just forget it either. You know, I I think that's a huge thing is the way that the media has such tight control over the narrative and enforces their obviously left bent agenda and is willing to, to, to completely, uh, like you said, memory hole this event where, where, I mean, you know, by the grace of God, Scalise is alive today because things were very, very bad that day when a Bernie supporter opened fire with intent to murder many Republican members of Congress. I just look forward to the article that comes out after this podcast drops where it says, you know, ruthless hosts pounce on conservative backlash uh, and seize on FBI. Yeah. Isn't that something? That's what's going to happen. See if you can get it all in. If we get the trifecta, I'm going to retire. So shout out Ohio rep Brad Wenstrup. Good work, dude. Yeah, totally. Totally good work. But, you know, I noticed The Hill also, which segues nicely into our next segment. The Hill this week also had Republicans seize on conservative backlash against critical race theory. That's like two levels now. We're like (laughs) multi-seizing. We're we're see, we're seizing on backlash. Yeah, I mean, I just wish we could have gone for the like you know hat trick and pounced on the seizing of of the backlash <laughs> of the backlash. But think about how difficult that must be for a headline writer. You could say critical race theory is a liability for Democrats, or you can say that Republicans seize on conservative backlash <laughs> for critical race theory. Right? You have to hit like a triple bank off the window and in in order to say what's happening. But like the point, the point you're making Holmes is a really important one, which is that the controversial thing that the Democrats are proposing, this critical race theory becomes an abstraction. You know, it's- That's exactly right. It's an abstraction and and they write it in as almost like passive voice. It's like the, the thing we're actually talking about is irrelevant to these journalists. The Republicans seizing, seizing, Backlash, huge backlash. Well, that's the so, issue. Anyway, keep your eyes open on all of this. We'll get into the CRT component here right now, but keep your eyes on the pouncing and the seizing because it is truly, once you have an eye for it, it's everywhere. So, like, I want to pat us on the back as I rarely do, but uh, one of the examples they were trying to give of, of pouncing and seizing and such is uh, Virginia Republican gubernatorial nominee Glenn Youngkin friend of the program who is on the show. Yep. Uh vowed to expel CRT, you know, that from from schools. Yeah. Good for him. No Good brainer. on him. And they consider this like uh seizing and, and and pouncing. It's a seizing and it's a pouncing and it's also like a 70-30 issue. Yeah. Like who's out of touch here? It's not the Caesars and the pouncers. Like dozens of historians have have, have dispelled, you know, all the fiction in the 1619 project. And and you still see it being pushed into our schools. Um, an, a, another another example we were talking earlier about uh, the 2024 lineup that's forming right now. You got Florida Governor Ron DeSantis uh, also knocked critical race theory, and and this is yet another angle that that the media, who's all in on this, and the left is, is trying to besmirch this guy who's done an incredible job as governor. And. It- it's, but it's consensus that this is nonsense. It's consensus. But even more, I think, you know, look, what liberals and progressives do when they have their hands on government is exactly what they do with the media. The only, they just use the government to actually try to effectuate their ends. And let me give you an example of this with, when it was CRT. I saw this guy, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, I think his name is. Mm-hmm who was apparently fired from the Space Force because he expressed concerns with critical race theory. And I thought, you know, I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, what did this guy say? Like, was it pretty intemperate? Was it designed to like, you know, sort of inflame, you know, which the military, look, the military is a very top-down institution. Everybody takes orders and everybody executes. And so they don't like a lot of, obviously, uh, 
uh, out of line discussion, but that's not what this guy did. Here's what he said. He said, since taking command as a commander about 10 months ago, I saw what I consider fundamentally incompatible and competing narratives of what America was and should be. And th- and he goes on to say, like, he cl- clarifies because he's asked what he's talking about. He clarifies that he's talking about the 1619 project, right? And that he, that he thinks a lot of this is um, a historical look at how America is essentially anti American, right? That everything about our founding fathers is being painted as anti-American. And and he gets run for it, right? And this is a pretty high-ranking guy. I mean, that's the thing is, so what what he said is is not controversial. What he said, when you look at the activists who are pushing CRT, who are pushing the 1619 Project, all their thinking is couched in Marxist thought. It's essentially, you know, you'll see so many times they're like, oh, well, capitalism is part of the problem. So when you have a, a member of the military, can you imagine, can you imagine what, uh, you know, our forefathers, can you imagine what uh, previous leaders of the military would think that at this point, a military officer saying I'm against Marxism is punished? Yeah. Do you think China is punishing, uh, you know, what, what, do you, what do you think is going on over there? You think they're worried about having like a woke military? And over here, we're like, hey, folks, you can't be against Marxism and in the military. Are you kidding me? I, I just don't understand it. Honestly, we've got a, not, a lot of problems around the world. And, and what we're doing, trying to police the speech of our soldiers, particularly when it comes to something that like, again, like you said, there's it, it's not particularly controversial unless you're a progressive elitist lib that lives in the east or west coast of this country. Like everybody else pretty much thinks it's a bad idea. Yep. You know, but I noticed, I noticed it, it, even in, in Oklahoma, um, Governor Kevin Stitt was thrown off a commission that was marking the 100th anniversary, uh, anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre. Absolutely horrific issue. Um, but, but he was thrown off because of his uh, view of critical race theory. That is, I, I mean, that really says it, is, is their game plan is kind of like an all or none. It's the whole idea of like canceling. You have to be with us or you're against us. The man is acknowledging an absolutely horrific event. And like, nope, nope. You have to, you have to be 100% on board with this like new left Marxist thinking. It's, it's, it's horrific. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a national poll out. I saw this, uh, Josh Kroshauer, um tweeted this. Should schools change U.S. history classes so that they focus on race and power and promote so- social justice political issues? Support, 30%. Oppose, 59%. 51% strongly oppose. That's consensus. Well, yeah, it says That's it right consensus. there. Yeah. That's consensus. But nope, we still have to go this merry-go-round and and firing people. And I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. It is. But I mean, you know, these, I mean, they're socialists. These people are socialists. And, you know, yeah. the whole point of this is they want to destroy American capitalism, the American idea, our founding, democracy. So all of this is just useful collateral damage to them. I mean, they don't actually need to win the issue right now. All they want to do is to destroy the system and they'll use any recourse possible, any institution they can infect, whether that's our, our children in schools or the U S military. It's as simple as that. It is. It's very depressing, but, but look, I'll end this segment by saying what I started it by saying progressives use government to try to achieve their goals, right? Conservatives don't, we don't fundamentally don't believe that, that government ought to be dictating the lives of the American people. Liberals don't, they do believe that very much. And, and that's why you saw things in the Obama administration, like the IRS trying to crack down on conservative nonprofits, for example, right? Mark my words, more of this is coming. We're seeing it in context of critical race theory, as we just discussed. It's going to go far beyond that. They use DOJ. They use Treasury. They use all of these institutions to target conservatives time and time again. 
And and honestly, like Lois Lerner never went to freaking jail. Like right. whatever happened to any of that mess? Right. That was the biggest outrage of the Obama administration by far. And nobody, everybody acts like it wasn't even a scandal. I mean, the IRS was literally targeting nonprofits for audits and, and prosecutions based on their political bent, like a, a fundamental hallmark of our democracy being violated, and they didn't do anything. Nothing. She just straight up walked. Amazing. Well, we're going to keep we're going to keep our eyes on all the things that are happening that this administration is doing. And and one of the things is uh, essentially you've got the you've got Randy Weingarten and the teachers unions calling the shots for this country. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good work being done, though. I got to say Americans for Public Trust, who've been a sponsor of this program, um, and Adam Laxalt, who is a former Nevada attorney general, is doing some work with them, have been digging in on a whole bunch of stuff when it, about the teachers' unions and everything. Anyway, they struck gold and they got a scalp. Uh, the CDC's second in command, the woman by the name of Ann Shushat. Okay. Is that how you Seems say her right. name? Seems Shushat. right. Shushat. Anyway, whatever her name is, she's stepping down. Um because she's on numerous emails that were foiled by this group that basically showed how they were politicizing the science to keep schools closed and kids at home. And that essentially teachers unions were dictating the science to the CDC in order to meet their political ends. Isn't that incredible? It's, it's something. That's where, that's where it is. That's where it is. So folks, if you've been frustrated about your kids not being in school, if you've been frustrated with these like absolutely mixed messages coming out of the CDC, hey, who's calling the shots? It's not, it's, we're not trusting the science. We're not trusting the science. And I would remind our listeners that on our previous episode, uh, you know, we talked about Politico, you know, basically writing a press release for the teachers unions so they could take credit for, you know, working so hard to push <laughs> to reopen schools. Gaslighting. Well, here's Absolutely the smoking gun. Was, yeah, that was all it. bullshit. This is it. It was all, it was all bullshit. Um, it's just, it's incredible, but look, there's more to, to stay on that because they're still digging. And I think they're still coming up with, with some great stuff. So we're going to, we're going to keep an eye on it. One other thing I want to say on that real quick is, 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 you know, the FOIA, the, the freedom of information act stuff is fantastic. And it's great that organizations are out there, you know, trying to get this information that the Biden administration doesn't want to provide. You know what else is a great way to get that information? Win back the house in 2022. Yep. yep. Get get the gavel, get subpoena power in the house. Republicans control the house. We can we can open up a lot of uh of these things that the Biden administration has been doing. So stay focused on that, listener. Yes, great point. Great point. Um last topic I want to get to before we get to our interview. You all have followed and we have covered pretty extensively the uh, exposure of this liberal Swiss billionaire who is basically funding the entire infrastructure behind the Democrats' uh, election campaign in 2020. Well, now we find out that a liberal dark money group bankrolled by this same Swiss foreign national is spending an extraordinary amount of money on HR1. HR on, on, on the on the on the Dem federal takeover of elections. They want to they want to do their ballot harvesting. They want to do their ballot curing and 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 mail in ballots, and they can arrive whenever they want, and it's good. It was a foreign folks. This was the foreign interference. This is foreign interference. You've got a Swiss, you've got a foreign national billionaire pouring money into these dark money groups. And again, where are you, Sheldon Whitehouse? You know, you, you love talking about dark money, but you never bring it up because the left spends so much more dark money than conservatives do. And you've got a Swiss billionaire who's pushing for these election law changes. I mean, that should tell you something just in and of yourself, right? There is a Swiss billionaire who is spending multiple millions of dollars to change U.S. election law. Mm-hmm. What? It's 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 it's. Hans Jörg Wiss, the Swiss billionaire who's just like dumping cash 
1630 fund. Remember that name, folks, the 1630 fund. And what they essentially do is, is they just take in a ton of money for, for, and they hide where it goes. They conceal that it can come from a, a foreign Swiss national and they put it towards these left-wing causes like a takeover of the elections. That's what the 1630 fund does. And that's what you will never hear Sheldon Whitehouse talk about. Well, and the wildest part, of course, is that these are the Democrats who scream about dark money all the time and accuse Republicans of backing of being backed by billionaires. And the overwhelming amount of quote unquote dark money spending are from all these lefty causes and mega donors. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. All right, fellas, this is good. Let's get to this interview. Steve Scalise. I want to welcome to the program the number two House Republican, the Republican whip, Steve Scalise. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Josh. Great to be with you. Man, it's great to see you. You guys are doing great work up there. I've been telling everybody, having gone through all Democratic rule in 2009, how difficult it was to get the Republican team back together. I feel like you are way ahead of pace. Yeah, Josh, we've been very unified. Uh, and it, unfortunately, you've seen President Biden and Speaker Pelosi move in such a further left position. I mean, I thought those days in 09 and 2010, when you had Barack Obama with both the supermajority in the House and Senate, I thought that was about as far left as we could see the country go. Uh, they're, they're doing that, that socialist move on steroids right now. And, and it's very dangerous. Uh, you're seeing all of these, you know, the Jimmy Carter policies, even worse, you know, where lines at the pump and prices for everything you buy going through the roof. Uh, Israel under attack right now with some Democrat leaders in Congress actually attacking Israel on the House floor right now. And Biden won't even speak up against that. I mean, it's amazing how weak his leadership is and he's being tested. And so far, he is failing to meet this test. So I want to I want to jump into that. I'm glad you brought it up because the Israel thing strikes me as just an entire departure from my time in government. You know, for the last 40, 50 years, there has been broad bipartisan support for Israel, a broad understanding of the dynamics that uh, are in place over in the Middle East. And today, today's Democratic Party, there's a large faction that is just outwardly anti-Israel. Yeah, it's really, really sad to see. And, and, and it's dangerous for, uh, for America and for Israel because if you look, like you said, historically, that is one of the few areas where Republicans and Democrats had always come together uh, since the birth of, of Israel as a Jewish state. After World War II, you, you had Republicans and Democrats always stand with Israel. And then as Israel would constantly get attacked uh, from people who wanted to eviscerate them from the planet, we would always stand with Israel in their right to defend themselves. And right now, you're seeing open hostility against Israel by Democrats on the House floor, and it's going unchecked in many areas. And that's, that is a departure, and it's, and it's a dangerous departure for Israel and for America. Because if you look, I mean, Hamas is a designated terrorist organization, right. and they're funneling a lot of these weapons into Gaza, uh, by the way, fueled by Iran. I think this Biden administration spent more time uh, trying to coddle Iran than to, to stand up to some of the anti-Semites and others who are attacking Israel openly on the House floor. And, and that's, not a, uh, that's not a place where we've seen uh, our, our leader of the free world. I, I think it's time for President Biden to step up and be vocal. His own, I think Jen Psaki said it's quiet, uh, and a quiet approach they're taking. And when your ally is under fire from thousands of rocket attacks, that's not the time you need to be quiet. That's when you stand up with your friend in the foxhole. My God, I mean, is that a, a debate we should even be having? Very, very well said. Um, and I have to compliment you because you, as a leader within the Republican Party, have been laser focused on the Biden administration agenda, how it's hurting America, fighting against the tooth and nail. I mean, you mentioned the economic stagnation, the inflation, the Israel crisis at the border. And yet every single time you walk out of your office, somebody asks you about a Republican leadership election. How frustrating is that? Yeah, you know, but it shows you how disconnected the elites up in yeah. Washington from the, the media and the Democrat Party. And by the way, they all read off the same talking points, as you know, Josh, uh, but, but how disconnected they are from the real world. I mean, I just came back home from New Orleans over the weekend. You know, everywhere you go, I travel all around the country, especially in swing districts where they're fed up with the socialist push by Biden and Pelosi and their local member of Congress, who's a Democrat, 
who's voting for the socialist agenda, they're, they're saying, my God, why are we paying people not to work? Why isn't Biden doing something about the crisis at the border? When are we going to have a smart energy policy and get back to what Trump was doing and being energy dominant, where we were making all of our own energy and then exporting because we had extra, exporting it to our friends around the world. We've now allowed OPEC to come back onto the world stage uh, and become a dominant force again because we stopped making our own because Biden shut it down, killed the Keystone Pipeline, put a ban on leases and permits on federal lands. I mean, all these things are having a devastating impact on the economy, let alone the inflation we're seeing. I mean, lumber prices over 400% higher. Everything you buy, go to the grocery store today and look at that price compared to what it was before Joe Biden was president. Uh, these are things that people are concerned about and they're talking about. They're sure not talking about some inter inner, inside the beltway fight that doesn't exist. We are unified right now as House Republicans to battle the socialist agenda, but then to get the House back next year so we can actually start reversing some of these things. Yeah, I, I, you said, uh, you spoke briefly about pipelines. I got a kick out of your tweet last, last week when you were say, highlighting uh, Granholm talking about how pipelines were the best way to ship, <laughs> ship energy. Like, oh, you don't say. How about it? Welcome to America. You know, we've been doing this for a long time and it's a very safe way to transport energy. Uh, and when you saw Cuomo in New York, I mean, what a bang up job he's done, right? I oh, mean, my God. My God, thousands of people dead that shouldn't be dead because of his crazy actions on, on nursing homes in, in New York, destroying businesses. And by the way, they have a higher death rate from COVID than a state like Florida, who opened everything up and said, let's use common sense and science. Uh, they're defying both common sense and science in states like New York. Unfortunately, 1600 Pennsylvania has that same, uh, same problem right now. But uh, not only did she acknowledge pipelines are good, but then she had this smug attitude on the, on the gas lines. And she said, if everybody was driving electric vehicles, it wouldn't be a problem. And then she leaves the press conference and gets in a fleet of Suburbans that are fueled by fossil fuels. It's like John Kerry getting on his private jet flying all around the world telling you not to get on a commercial airliner because, geez, fossil fuels are immoral. Except when I get on my private jet, which emits 40 times more carbon than if you were flown commercial. You can't, like, you can't make this stuff up. The liberal hypocrisy is off the charts. That, that is a pandemic right now. It is off the charts. And what I really appreciate about the way that you all are approaching this particular cycle, and we can talk 2022 politics in a second, but what I really like about it is you've decided you're not playing the press's game anymore. You're, you're, you're just going to speak directly to the American people and what they care about. And you're just going to blow through all the nonsense that's laid at your feet every day about the parlor games and everything else. I, I, it seems like the Republican conference by and large gets this. There are a few exceptions, but, but it seems like almost everybody's on the same page. Absolutely. You know, and look for four years, uh, the press in Washington had this personal vendetta and hatred, personal hatred against Donald Trump. From when he came down the, the, the staircase in New York, I mean, it's like, okay, they needed to make it their mission to stop him from getting elected. And then he got elected. And then he implemented all the things he said he would do. He actually followed through. You know, we got Mexico to sign an agreement uh, to the remain in Mexico policy was their agreement with the United States to control our southern border. And they actually spent some of their own money to control their southern border where the Northern Triangle countries were infiltrating Mexico to come into the United States illegally. Trump fixed all of that. He got our economy humming, where we had the hottest economy in the history of the world. He stood by our allies. He actually moved the embassy to Jerusalem, which presidents, Republican, Democrat alike, had figured out ways to undo their commitments. Uh, and then he stood against Russia. He stood against China. Uh, and then you, you fast forward to where we are now. No wonder the, the liberal elites in Washington hate Trump, because he did all of those things that he said he would do that are conservative. And by the way, all of those things worked. And so if they're going to every day wake up and go, hey, what about this allegation and this rumor and this falsity that usually gets debunked the next day, but it's the headline today. We're not playing that game. We're going to talk about what's actually affecting hardworking families in America, because that's what they're talking about at kitchen tables. They're not talking about what is the Green New Deal going to do to give China our jobs. They're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you emit more carbon and give China all of our jobs? Uh, for God's sake, uh, Biden wants to give China the vaccine. He wants to give them the intellectual property that great American companies under President Trump's Operation Warp Speed used to develop not one, not two, but now three vaccines for COVID-19. Biden wants to give that away to China. I, I guess instead of standing up to them stealing it, he said, I'll make sure that they don't steal it. He'll just give it to them. 
I mean, it's a, a, it's a, heck, it's a heck of a deal, right? They give us the pandemic, we give them the Yeah, care. it's great for China. I mean, the China's Chamber of Commerce probably wrote the Biden agenda because they're getting all of our jobs. You got in the Paris Accord again. I mean, how does that make any sense? Pa France is not even compliance with the Paris Accord. Right. Because it doesn't make any sense. And it exempts China till 2030. Again, China could not have written a better deal to destroy our economy and give them all of our jobs. Trump didn't do it. I mean, if you have sense and you believe in, you know, what, what's an America first agenda at a minimum, you should stand up for Americans against countries like China who want to steal our intellectual property and jobs. You shouldn't give it away. That's for sure. That seems like a no brainer. Let's talk 2022 for a second. I know you spend an awful lot of time helping colleagues and helping recruit folks around the country and doing events for what we hope is a Republican majority in 2022. Where do you think we stand now? And what do you think the chances are? Look, our chances are great to win the House back next year. And, and you can look no further than how far left Nancy Pelosi has already pushed this socialist agenda. I mean, the first couple of weeks, they do this, this two plus trillion dollar, 1.9 trillion in spending on a bill that had nothing to do with COVID. 90% of that bill had absolutely nothing to do with COVID. Uh, paying people not to work, bailing out failed states. California got over $30 billion right after they announced a $10 billion surplus. This money's borrowed from our kids. Then you look at what they're doing right now. They're talking about raising taxes. Uh, hey, people, people know what that means. When, you know, when they say, oh, don't worry, it's only going to affect the millionaire and the billionaire. Bernie Sanders is writing the bill. He's the chair of the Senate Budget Committee. Do you really think Bernie Sanders is going to write a tax hike bill that's not going to affect you if you're somebody who works in America making things? Of course it's going to affect you. You're already paying more in gasoline. You're already paying more in, in inflated items and everything you buy at the store. And they've only been in office a little over 100 days. So yeah, people, people wish the election was tomorrow. Uh, but unfortunately, they haven't stopped. They want to keep doing this radical stuff. And, uh, and uh, you know, just because just socialists are the loudest voice in their conference, you would think they would stand up. And Biden actually promised that he would work with everybody, unify the country. He's done nothing of the sort. And people are getting that. They're fed up with that. And, and they're fed up with the science being thrown out the window, too. One thing that I wanted to hit with you, because I imagine this is pretty, pretty personal, is that there's this consummate effort on the left to try to portray Republicans, as, as you just said, as, as radical, as dangerous and whose rhetoric is you know off the charts and is threatening the american people for you in particular given what you had to experience how difficult is that to process i mean I, you've always done it in such a well-mannered you know this is my job and i'm gonna i'm just gonna sort of conduct myself in a professional manner but i gotta imagine that drives you nuts yeah you know i've always considered myself a happy warrior i mean you know, you wake up every day and you want to go and fight for the things you believe in. And, you know, in the, in the past, and you can go back to when there were blue dogs in Congress, which there aren't anymore, unfortunately. But, you know, you had Republicans and Democrats who all roughly wanted to get to the same place. It was just, you know, you might take this route and I might take that route. Today, they want to change what America means. Uh, and when we talk about moving towards a socialist agenda, that's really what they're about. Uh, and again, just look at their policies. It's not even, it's not even like they're hiding it anymore. I mean, this idea that everybody should have a guaranteed wage and you don't have to work anymore. Go look at every country where they've tried that. They've wrecked their country, not just their economy. They've wrecked their country. You undermine the work ethic. Uh, and ultimately, everybody, it's a race to the bottom. That's not what America is. America is about opportunity for everybody, meaning not that we all end in the same spot. You know, the Olympics aren't played so that everybody gets a gold medal. It's so that everybody gets a fair shot to train. If you work and you stay up late every night and you do your homework, you, you know, you're, you're going to have the same chance as everybody else, but you know, you have to actually go out there and work for it. And, and if somebody ends up where they've got a nice house, your attitude shouldn't be, gee whiz, I want to take their house. It should be, you know, I want to go work hard so I can get a house like that too. That's what America is. That's what the American dream is. It's not pitting one person against another and go, if they got something, it's because they took it away from somebody else. That's, that's what they do in foreign countries, totalitarian dictatorships. We can't let that become America. And that's what the battle is today. I'm struck by the difference that the press uh, puts on Republicans and Democrats in terms of where they assign responsibility for political radicalism in this country. And after what you suffered in the shooting on the baseball field, I don't remember any claims of, it was revealed obviously that the, the deranged gunman was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I don't remember any claims from the left 
sort of taking responsibility for that. Or, or I don't remember any necessity for Bernie Sanders to call you personally. I mean, did he, did he ever even call you personally after that? I'm not sure in those first few days, I was in a coma the first three oh, days, were, but yeah. look, I mean, I've been very clear that, that it's not Bernie's fault. Uh, you know, it was the gunman's fault. The gunman did this. He was, nobody can be saying and do something like that. He tried to kill every Republican on that ball field. And, you know, initially the FBI had classified it as suicide by cop, which we called out. Brad Wenstrup, my colleague from Ohio, was very clear. Uh, and, and ultimately we just got Friday. We just got FBI Director Ray reversed that and called it what it was. It was domestic terrorism. Uh, but again, you blame the people who committed the violent acts. You know, we can all watch our language and, and try to stick with the facts. Don't call people names. Don't try to demonize somebody because they agree differently with you. Uh, but if somebody takes the law in their own hands, if they break the law, they're the ones that need to be held accountable. And, uh, you know, the left just wants to almost claim permanent victim status. And, and, and I don't view myself as a victim. I'm lucky to be alive, for God's sake. I mean, God performed miracles that day. And, and so did police. You know, when they talk about defunding police, Josh, this is very personal to me. And you're yeah. seeing still on the left, it's out there. They still want to defund the police in different ways. Now they say, get rid of qualified immunity. That's defunding the police. And you're seeing police forces in a lot of these big cities suffering because of it. And good cops retiring. You want to keep the good cops. You want to encourage more people to stand up and defend our communities and then back the blue uh, when they do that. And so it's a very dangerous movement on the left right now. And it's part of their socialist agenda. And, and they're, look, they're not stepping away from it. And we've got to call that out. Well, listen, you're an absolute hero and a patriot. I've got three big questions for you, though. And these are the ones that our, our listeners really pay attention to. Uh, so, so Policy related, you know, hey, how, do we, how do we get healthcare back on track? How do we open our economy? Yeah, right. Get schools open. Everybody should be for getting schools open. These kids' lives are being destroyed. But I know that was your question, John. Yeah, that's right. Actually, that I'm, I'm glad that you added that because they typically we focus an awful lot of that on, on Ruthless. But these ones, these ones are personal to you, Mr. Scalise. These are, these are very big. So your last meal on earth, what would it be? <laughs> Hopefully it's a long time from now. Um, I come from New Orleans, so every meal is great. But the, the best single bite of food anywhere in the world is charbroiled oysters. You Ooh. take an oyster on the half shell, you put garlic butter on an open flame, it cooks in, then you throw some Parmesan cheese on there. Best single bite of food. I'll take you to Drago's in New Orleans and you'll, you'll never want to leave. Oh, that's a great answer. We've not had anything near that. That's perfect. <laughs> I love that. And I'm going to take you up on the Drago's. Offer. I might go eat some of that today. I don't have to wait till I die. I could go eat that every weekend when I'm home. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, and, and all the butter you want because you don't have to worry about tomorrow on the last meal. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that. All right. Second question. If you were never involved in public service or politics, what would you be doing with your life? <laughs> I actually used to, to write software for a living. I worked in the computer industry. I'd, I'd be doing a whole lot better uh, today if I would have stayed in that industry. But, you know, maybe, maybe I'd like to be like John Kerry's pilot because he flies a <laughs> private jet everywhere all around the world. You know, he's telling you not to fly because, geez, there are more. But then he gets on his private jet. And he, you know, I could go to Iceland and collect global warming awards. You can go to Paris and, you know, drink wine and, and eat brie, talking about how you're going to destroy other people's economies. No, I, <laughs> I are, love that. <laughs> my only quibble is that you have to hang out with John Kerry. Yeah, maybe, maybe it could be, well, yeah, no, we'd drop him while we leave before he got on the plane. But we, uh, you know, maybe I'd be like, you know, the, the head of Twitter and then I'd just ban every liberal. Uh, like they try to ban all of us and see what they think about that and then do it for like a day just to, to get them to go nuts and, you know, it's unfair, you know, and then you go like, well, yeah, that's right. It's unfair. No, everybody's back on. We've joked on Ruthless, though, because of all of the liberals who can't get past the, the, co the quarantine lockdowns thing. If you walk around any downtown metropolitan area, you're basically just encountering, encountering conservatives at this point. So it might be what you're looking for. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. So third and final question. What motivates Steve Scalise more, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? Oh, man. Agony defeats too negative. I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm a glass almost You're happy, full, yep. overly full. I'm a, look, I, I'm a happy warrior, but also I believe, you know, you work hard, you play hard, but you celebrate the wins along the way. That's always been my motto is all three of those. And, and celebrating the wins, the reason you do that is because too often, you know, you're working to do something, you get it done, and then you're on to the next thing. Or especially around here, there's always 10 things to do. Uh, for every minute you have. But when you get a victory, you, you need to stop and celebrate that victory just to remind you why you're fighting. 
you're fighting to do good things. And if you do something good, remind everybody who's been working with you to get there because we don't achieve it alone. Celebrate that victory. And, uh, and, and it makes it even more special when you're fighting for the next thing because you want to have that next celebration. Well, I got a feeling we got more victories on the horizon for Steve Scalise. Yeah. I'm not tired of winning. No, <laughs> We're, let's keep winning. Let's keep winning. Listen, thank you so much for joining the program. We appreciate you here on Ruthless. Uh, great being with you, Josh. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So look, he's doing a bang up job. He's yeah. doing a really, Excellent. really terrific job. His, um, his intent to remain focused on what matters is really impressive because he's surrounded, surrounded by distraction, whether it's the media, whether it's just the prevailing narratives of every institution in America, like everything is throwing themselves in front of he and, and Kevin McCarthy and on the Senate side, McCar uh, McConnell and his, his team as well, but they're staying focused, which is really impressive. And I mean, uh, uh, again, I know he doesn't want to dwell on it, but he experienced such a horrific event, survived, and and continues fighting for the cause, undiminished by the left's attempts to literally kill him. I mean, that's uh, what a hero. What a hero. All right. Well, I think we got another one in the books. That's right. And and like I said, it's it's only we're only uh, in the middle of the triple header we got this week. So. Minions, until next time, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.